0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall, and today's episode is about something that I think at this point we all experience probably on a daily basis. You experience it at the grocery store. You experience it when you're looking for something to scream, looking at the news. I think you experience it most acutely in the singular torture that is going on a dating app, and we're going to talk about that one in depth today, too. You've probably heard the term analysis paralysis somewhere out in the world, but in today's episode, I want to dive into the science of what's actually going on underneath the hood when we are overwhelmed by the options in our lives and what do we do about it, right? Because on this show, that's what we care about the most. Yes, the science matters, but it's the application in our lives that really matters to me and hopefully to you. So let's get to it. So analysis paralysis at its core, it's struggling to make a decision because you're overthinking, right? Something's come up in your life and you're just stuck. You're a bit frozen. And oftentimes that happens because we've got options, but we're not really sure what to do about it. So have you considered at any point what is in the root of all of that overthinking when we start to feel that Stuck thing that is analysis paralysis. Well, there's a few things going on, and I think we start with recognizing that oftentimes our analysis paralysis is about anxiety, right? And if you take the feelings are information approach, right? Our emotions are information. Uh, If you're not familiar with that phrase, I encourage you to go back to listen to the episode from June of 2022. It's called emotions or information. And it's this idea that when we feel an emotion, we feel a feeling, it's trying to tell us something about ourselves and about our current state. And then we can use that information once we sort out what it is. So anxiety, well, what's anxiety? It's the fear of an uncertain future. And so when we look at analysis paralysis, it's what if I make the wrong choice? What if I do it wrong? What if something goes wrong? What if, what if, what if? So that phrase, what if, that's how we can tap into that it's about anxiety, right? That fear of the uncertain future. low-grade fear that's taking us out of the moment we're in right now and projecting us into what might happen. And you might be thinking, as you think back on the most recent time that you've had analysis paralysis, but I'm not afraid. I'm just... Stuck, What do I have to be afraid of? But let's look at the science of this. That might give us a little typical window into what the anxiety thing's all about. So psychologist Barry Schwartz coined the phrase the paradox of choice. It's also the name of his book. And essentially, this paradox of choice thing is that we think that having more options is going to make us more happy. But in reality, having too many options, parks us. We feel stuck. Even when we do make a decision, having all those options makes us less happy in the long run. So let me break all of this down for you. This is going to help you understand the anxiety bit and the analysis paralysis bit. Okay. So most people think that if we've got lots and lots of options, then we can customize what we do get in our lives. We could tailor our lives until they perfectly fit what we think that we want. But this is the paradox of choice because when we actually have all these choices, we end up less happy, right? Which is counterintuitive. But wait, can I just like tailor it to all the things that I want? But wouldn't that make me more happy? No, because in actuality, all those different choices makes us less happy. So let's look at the research. There's a series of studies done by Iyengar and Leper. It was published in 2000. And it showed that when people have fewer than six options, it's easy for them to make a decision. But when they have lots of options, like 25, 30 options, they feel overwhelmed. And then they can't decide at all. And when somebody who does finally make a decision with all those extra options they're less satisfied than the person who had fewer options with the decision they actually made. We're going to break that all down in a second too. Now, I think this is really cool. They replicated those findings on a bunch of different conditions, right? So one of them was done with like jams and a grocery store, but one of them was done with students taking optional extra credit. So you gave the students who uh, have different options of what they could do, for their assignment, the students who are only given less than six options, just a small handful of options, did better in their work. They got a higher grade, better outcome. The people who are given more options didn't do the work as well. They had 25 options and they ended up with a lower quality of work because they had more options about what they could do. I think that's a really interesting thing to consider because oftentimes when we're thinking about choice and having all these different options of being less happy we're going to break into the why in a second but it's always about something we're consuming now this study shows that when we've got more options about what we can do we're also less happy and i think that's a really important thing to highlight you're listening to the better than fine podcast i'm your host Darlene marshall and we're talking about analysis paralysis specifically right now we're talking about this paradox that having more choices, we think it's going to make us happier. It actually makes us less happier. So let's look at why. The reality is when we've got all these extra options, it's way harder to decide what we actually want. And when we do decide, we're less happy. But how does that part work? Well, for that, this is where the dating app thing come in. So I want you to think about either your own experience on a dating app or we've all had friends that have shared about the dating app things. Now there's lots of reasons that dating apps can be completely miserable. And as an elder millennial uh, who has also been divorced, I have had the benefit of dating before the apps exists and also re-entering dating app culture in New York City about five years ago. Boy, howdy, was I not satisfied. But let's look at why. So when you call to mind this dating app thing, you've got seemingly unlimited options of how you can filter. First, you can start by filtering, well, which app am I gonna use for which kind of thing that I want? Okay, and then once you get in the app, then you can filter by age and height and hobbies and education and attractiveness and athleticism and tinker, tinker, tinker with all your filters until you get them just right to what you think that you want. And now, seemingly, you will have this customized menu of profiles to pursue that just seems endless, and you start browsing. Well, one has the hobbies that you like, and that one has a cool-sounding job, and this one has the right kind of friends, and that one seems really close with their family, and on and on and on and on. Now, what Schwartz found in his work is that the more options that we have when we make a decision the more points of comparison that we will have between those options and what we choose. So when we finally do make a choice, you can uh, compare what you got to all of the different things that you didn't get. So when you take, say, the partner who's got the cool job, well, then you go, ah, but you know, he didn't have the hobbies or he has the wrong kind of pet or he's not that close with his mom. And you can think of all the other options you could have had And that's all of the reasons to be unhappy with a thing that you actually got. And we all know by now that comparison is one of the ingredients to absolute misery. So having all of these options makes you less happy. So the original study with Iyengar and Leper actually looked at free samples of jam at the grocery store. And when they put out 25 or 30 options, people bought less frequently than when they only had six options because with so many jams people didn't know what to think they just kind of stood there feeling overwhelmed and awkward and then they left without buying anything so now think about all of the choices that we make in our lives so we already covered dating apps in addition to all the other reasons that dating apps are just not that great but think about like online shopping endless customization of sizes and colors and fits and options and brands and celebrities and who's wearing what social media endless streams of fitspo and hot takes and advice and ideas thinking about what you should be doing vacation options endless houses and cabins and yurts and cruises and airbnbs and vrbos and pick your acronym when we do make a choice we've got all these different points of comparison telling us why what we got isn't as good as what we could have had. And then we're less happy. So the analysis paralysis kicks in. We hem and we haw and we get this low grade anxiety creeping in that will be less than optimally happy. And this right here is why I hate the word optimize in the fitness and wellness spaces. How will you know when you have optimized yourself enough? Optimized your workout, optimized your nutrition, optimized your sleep schedule, optimized your emotional life, optimized your relationships. When is optimal, optimal enough? And this is what I think leads us to wellness overwhelm, which is another episode from last June, if you want to go back. When we are so consumed by constantly trying to optimize, we never get to enjoy the fitness and the wellness that we have been cultivating for ourselves. You're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall. We're looking at analysis paralysis. So, what do we do? What do we do if we get sucked in to this paradox of choice, to this optimizer culture, and we start to feel it whittling away our well being? by amping up our anxiety? Well, we embrace what Herman Simon back in the fifties suggested. He coined the label satisficer, which, you know, maybe he could use a marketing person, but satisficer is someone who quote, prioritizes an adequate solution over an optimal solution end quote. So the answer to optimization and overwhelm is satisfaction. So people may suggest to to feel or even define happiness as something that we're all pursuing, but I want to encourage you to figure out what makes you feel satisfied. You know, there's science to back this up too. Um, So this comes out of Swarthmore College, that the people who have to have the best of everything all the time, so those people that are like those optimizer people, So they have lower optimism, self-esteem, and life satisfaction. They have higher rates of social comparison, regret, and depression. And they're more likely to have a fixed mindset. Your refresher on fixed mindset episode in August of 2022. So let me say that again. So research out of Swarthmore college, the people who always have to have the best of everything, lower optimism, lower self-esteem, lower life satisfaction higher rates of social comparison, regret and depression and they have a fixed mindset. So they're stuck, which makes them less successful and less happy. That's what this optimizer thing is doing to us. We're always trying to like get the best out of everything all the time and then we end up frustrated and stuck and miserable. So let's take this satisficer mindset a little bit further. How do we live the satisficer mindset and pull away from the analysis paralysis optimizer mindset. There we go. That was a tongue twister. Okay. So I think the first thing is you got to figure out what does satisfaction actually feel like to you, right? If, again, we go back to this emotions or information. What does it feel like to feel satisfied, to feel satiated and content? And at the end of the day to go, yeah, good job team. So if we can set that thresholds, what is satisfaction and good enough actually feel like that emotional state now becomes our guide to lead us through the rest of this exploration of a satisficer. So let me break this down. How do we bring satisfaction into our lives? So I think the first thing is to get real clear with yourself about what actually matters so that you can prioritize your decision-making there. You know, if it's not, there's a rule of thumb. I think this goes back to a book that I haven't read that this was advice my mom used to give me. If it's not going to matter in five years, don't waste your five minutes, right? Does it actually matter? Um, I am a person who used to sweat the small stuff all the time. And I would spend lots of time trying to perfect stuff that nobody was ever even going to see because I thought that it mattered. And really that was anxiety But if I'm really clear on, okay, what matters? I talk about my grandmother on the show all the time, that matters, my marriage, my, you know, self-care, I have a a, um, genetic condition, I gotta take care of my body. Okay, those things actually matter. That's where I'm gonna set that threshold for good enough a little higher, and the other stuff I'm gonna let kind of fall away. So next from there is defining clearly for yourself what good enough actually is so you're not just constantly pouring energy into this optimizer thing. So what's good enough? Perfect example of this comes directly from Barry Schwartz. He owns one style of jeans. He found a style that he liked. He bought it in a few different washes. That's what he wears because that's good enough. He doesn't have to have 25 different jeans and he's got his fancy jeans and his other jeans. Nope. One style of jeans removing the extra layers of decision-making so that he doesn't have to waste any brain space on it. It's already done, which leads to the next one. Limit your options early. If you can stick within those limits, you're not wasting energy outside the bumpers. And let's go back to that vacation example, right? We got a million options of where we can go for a vacation, where you can stay, what you can do, what it will be like, what people post on Instagram, ba 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 But if you limit your options early, before you even start going off and looking at vacation inspiration, if you decide, okay, generally where you're going to go, how much you're going to spend, how long you're going to be there, limiting those options really early in the planning process allows you to then have fewer options to make your decisions and you don't get so overwhelmed. So just a quick recap that, that those all kind of flow in together, get clear on what actually matters define what's good enough, and then limit your options early, okay? That's if we're planning something and we've got a sense of what we want and what those outcomes are. But a lot of times when we're stuck in the analysis paralysis hamster wheel, it's not necessarily something like planning a vacation. It's too many options coming at us. And for this, my advice get outside perspectives and then actually listen to them. And this comes directly from advice that I give clients all the time, which is find people you trust and then do what they say. You know, we're in a culture that is unfortunately calling expert opinions into question all the time and it promotes this idea that there's some kind of like magic secret knowledge out there that like ooh, the experts aren't telling you or whatever. In reality, There are many tried and true facts in the world and real world solutions are often not that sexy and interesting. But when you find an expert whose values resonate with you, do what they say. Um, Or if it's a decision in your personal life, trusted friends, confidants, and mentors, and then do what they say. (laughs) And then this last bit, directly out of my own life. This is a choice that I have made to help limit my analysis paralysis throughout the day so that I don't experience what's known as decision fatigue, right? That's when I've just had too many choices coming at me all day long and I'm overwhelmed, I'm overstimulated. It's going to be harder to make good decisions. So that the advice is limit your inputs intentionally. And this has changed my life. So I stopped following people on social media out of obligation. Um, So anybody who was producing content that was detrimental to my well-being, again, feelings or information, I would feel myself getting anxious or irritated or overstimulated by their content, unfollow or mute. So stop following people out of obligation. I set specific times each day to consume the news unless there's some kind of emergency that I need to know about. I don't look at the news outside of that because it's just going to overstimulate and overwhelm me. I'm going to be less effective at all the things that matter. Um, I limit who's influenced my opinion by do that. And I limit the amount of marketing that I let into my life, right? So if there's someone I was following that's just pushing, pushing, marketing, 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 boop, I'm good, thanks. All of that is to skew me away from feeling overwhelmed so that when I do have decisions I need to make, I don't feel like there's too much going on in my brain container and I can think clearly. And all of this brings me back to analysis paralysis. It's hard to deal with analysis paralysis when you're in a moment of overwhelm, because when you're overwhelmed, you have to first recognize that it's happening and then have the control to do something about it. And know what's actually gonna be effective in helping you get out of that state. So here are three steps so that when you're in the moment of analysis paralysis and overwhelm, here's what you do with it. Write them down, bookmark it, follow me on social, I'll be posting it there. Here we go. Number one, limit your options for what you know you don't want. So if you're having a hard time making a decision and you go, okay, 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 I don't know what I want, but I know I don't want, This and that and that and that and that. Okay, now I've limited my options early, right? That's part of the recipe for dealing with this whole optimization culture thing. So limit your options to what you know you don't want. Number two, move your body because it changes your state. And if you want some information on this, go listen to the episode Chris Bertram from a few months ago, the episodes on finding flow. And that episode has some great great, uh, content around movement to change your state of being. Because if I can shift my hormonal state, then I can shift my cognition. If I can get moving and I can upregulate, get more dopamine and serotonin a course through my body, it's gonna shift my mind, shift my thinking, make it easier to make a good decision. So, number one, limit your options. Number two, move your body to change your state. And number three, do the smallest doable piece right now, whatever it is that is overstimulating and overwhelming you, you're feeling that analysis paralysis, what is the tiniest chunk that I could chip off of that block? That's what's going to help me create some momentum, some efficacy, some feelings like I have agency and control in this situation so that I can continue to move forward. And of course, know what's good enough. Where can you feel satisfaction, shoot for that threshold, and then allow yourself to feel that satisfaction once you have moved through the analysis paralysis. So there's a lot there. And I can't stress this enough. When I lived in New York City, and I would wake up every day at 4.30 or 5, and then I'd immediately get on the subway, I was in loud spaces with bright lights, overwhelmed. Then I'd go to a big, loud gym, pumping music, people, 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 all day long, pumping music and light and sound and people. And then at the end of the day, I'd go do it in reverse. I'd hop on the subway, bright lights, loud screeching noises, earbuds are in, and I'd go home and then I'd try to go to sleep. And my sleep was really poor. That lifestyle was a lifestyle of constant overstimulation, that I thought was normal because I was so used to it. And so much of our lives now are this constant overstimulation. There's so much sensory input just pumping into us that we never would have experienced 100 years ago. Now, the good thing is we have so much access to information, but the payoff is that if we're always overwhelmed, we think having more, more, more will make us happier. And in actuality, it's making us more burnt out, less attentive, and less effective at the things that actually matter in our lives. So start considering, where could I limit my options? Where could I peel away some of what the inputs are so that I can have higher quality outputs in the rest of my life? If you are interested in supporting clients to make sustainable changes in their own wellness and well-being, I've got a little something for you. So the National Academy of Sports Medicine, NASM, which has a wellness coaching certification that was built by experts in sleep and stress, coaching, neuroscience, movement, positive psychology, many of the things that i talk about on this show, they all weave together in a way that as a coach, you could help somebody make sustainable, lasting change in their lives instead of just telling them what to do and then they don't go off and do it, which we know does not actually work in making effective change. Well, that certification NASM's certified wellness coaching course. It's currently 50% off on NASM's website and listeners to this show can get an additional $600 off using the code Marshall CWC that's M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-C-W-C. To find it you'd go to nasm.org click wellness at the top and then use the promo code Marshall CWC additional $600 off at checkout. Um, I'm a big fan of that cert. I helped to write that cert. I'm very proud of that cert. Uh, and if you have any questions about that shirt, well, I would love to hear from you. I'd also love to hear your feedback on this episode and any episode of better than fine. You can do that by shooting me an email. It's info at Darlene.coach. You can find me on Instagram, Darlene.coach. You're welcome to send me a DM anytime or I'm out on LinkedIn. And many of the things that we talk about this show, you can find applicable lifestyle information and references at coachdar.substack.com if you're a fan of the show, I hope that you've subscribed. Thank you to everyone who's been leaving us a review. Go ahead and do that too. And of course, share this show, tag us when you do. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all very much for listening to Better Than Fine and be well.